Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. It's not like a million dollars. Like a, 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 gosh, this is the out of touch Olympics. I by the four of us. Although, <laughs> I guess a couple grand. Sorry, that's what I, I was going to say a thousand, but probably more, well, more than that yeah. is what I'm thinking. In the United States, it says it t- typically ranges, uh, goes from the range of $375 to uh, $2,850. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I wonder if you get a discount. If you Can get you get the $375 one rather than the $2,800? <laughs> yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. yeah, that's done with an iPhone. Well, one, you're naked. <laughs> The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Just to follow up on this, I spoke within the last 24 hours. I've spoken to three or four or five doctors who I know and have known for long periods of time. And the doctors are the first people to say they hate the insurance companies. (laughs) It makes their life miserable. It makes their life miserable. And, And, you know, and one doctor said to me, I went to medical school. And I'm being interviewed about something I've recommended by someone with a 10th grade education. And as I explain things to this person, I'm just simply met with no, no, that's not in our policy. Everybody hides behind their policy. Can I just explain to you how policy works? Guy sits in a room and says, oh, why don't we do it this way? That's policy. From Am I right? It's also policy until they change it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it's not, it, it did not yeah. come the, down like the Ten Commandments. This is what I want to say. It, that was my exact thought, I mean, that Moses wasn't given this policy. <laughs> These people invent their own policies and hide behind that word. Well, that's our policy. What if your policy is to walk up to them and hit them in the throat? <laughs> Oh, that's my policy. I'm going to choke you you out. You know, they just invent this. They make it as hard as humanly possible. They want to discourage you. They want to bleed you dry. That's why they get in the insurance business. This is what doctors say to me. They hate them. Let me just read this from Barry Spiegel. Though I suspect you've got plenty of advice on this by now, I wanted to weigh in with some information on your recent MRI problem. As someone whose nearly 40-year working career was in health insurance, though not Cigna. Firstly, I'd suggest that the MRI denial may have resulted from the physician failing to send Cigna an appropriate diagnosis code. Use the code, people. (laughs) MRIs are ubiquitous as a diagnostic test and should be covered for most medically necessary services. Also, despite carrying your employment-related insurance coverage, I'd suggest that carrying Medicare as well could help you save the MRI problem. As I verified in the 2022 guide, Medicare and You, which is just a Google search away when you've lost me. Google Google. MRIs are a covered service when performed by a Medicare-approved provider and are medically necessary. Even if you carry the Cigna coverage and they are denied the service for some reason, Medicare should cover the procedure as a secondary carrier in this case. I don't know if I, I assume I have Medicare. I mean, I'm old enough to have Medicare. Please note that if ESPN had fewer than 20 people in its insurance group, Medicare would have been the primary carrier in my example, and we wouldn't have heard about the MRI denial on the podcast at all. At the least, I think you should challenge the denial. Oh, oh. don't worry. <laughs> Come on, throw in the flag. Don't worry. Yes, yeah. challenge flag. Despite earnings uh, that make paying for the procedure by yourself po- possible, your insurance should be able to meet its obligation for properly billed procedures on your behalf. I'd climb those golden stairs, as Johnny Sane was said to have suggested to Jim Bouton, to get what is due in this case. Good luck with addressing the leg woes. Such pain can be debilitating, even for otherwise healthy people. Hang in there and know that your many fans and perhaps even some detractors want you to be well enough to keep at your various media jobs. It's from 
Barry Spiegel in Peoria, Arizona. I thought Peoria was only in Illinois. But yeah, I am otherwise, I think, reasonably healthy. Last night, I don't know, 27,000 steps, you know, oh. around the house and the upstairs, yeah. something like that. So walking doesn't it. bother it. No, which is... Not, it's the weird... That's My doctors have said, I'm very fortunate that many people who have this are crippled to the point that walking is the worst thing. No, right. sitting and laying down are the worst things. Those are the worst things. Let me get to some other things here that are interesting. From Anthony uh, Sarasoli in Zurich. In Zurich, not around here. Kids. Zurich, Arizona? No, Zurich. I began listening to your show back in 2004 while I was in graduate school studying architecture. This was during your ESPN radio days, but being an early adopter of the podcast genre, I quickly switched over to listening via download in 2005 and have been doing so ever since. During the intervening years, podcasts have come and gone from my daily routine, but you have remained a constant. In 2009, I relocated to Zurich, Switzerland, and your show has provided me with a small connection to home ever since. Your discussion of the men's U.S. soccer team was right on point. The European teams just seem crisper and much more exacting in all aspects of the game, and I have a theory about this. On every playground and schoolyard here in Europe, where in the U.S. there would be a blacktop or, or basketball court, here you will see a miniature soccer field or court. Perhaps more importantly, on every one of these mini soccer fields, you will see kids playing pickup soccer, four-on-four, three-on-three, two-on-two, or just a single child dribbling back and forth by himself. There are no coaches or parents to get in the way of the fun. And this, I believe, is where much of the finer points or intangibles of the game are developed at an early age. Until we see this across the United States, I'm afraid we will never compete at a global level. Well, we're not going to see that. We're not going to see that. That's exactly what you said. Our best athletes... Play basketball and football. They just don't... Yes, now a few play soccer. The smaller ones. But it's just not... It's not the same draw. It just isn't. And until it is... We're not going to be able to, until it's until the, the main sport never. Well, in this, and it's not going to be. That's, we have other things where we make much, a lot of money and, and, and where um, the funnel effect of parents and friends and kids pushes you up, not to soccer. From Kyle Kettleson, bass baritone. I'd already intended to shamelessly solicit myself to the show in email form before the Honorable Larry Schlesinger beat me to it. I'm currently in the performance run of the world premiere of The Hours at the Metropolitan Hour. With me in the cast are fellow Littles, Sean Panikar and Denise Graves, as well as Kelly O'Hara of Broadway fame, Ask Michael, and quite possibly (laughs) the most luminous star in our business, Renee Fleming. If interested, Littles and Biggs can't make it to the Big Apple to see the show. They can catch it live at one of hundreds of movie theaters worldwide, Saturday, December 10th. That is this Saturday. That is tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for doing what you do. Please never retire. I don't know. Pat wow. Collins. Pat Collins just went out. Thank you, Kyle. Pat and Collins? People, what? People should do. Don't I, you get a newspaper? I, I did not see that. No. I, it didn't address the real question. What's going to happen to the snow stick? I was right. just the snow yeah. stick the goes stick. on. Uh, camera said. No. Camera took it in his two he big mowing hands. <laughs> and camera just said. the same. Camera said he would do it, the snow stick. It's not the same. Pat Collins retiring at the end, I think at the end of the year. That, you know, uh, Doreen Gensler just retired. Is he retiring or going into the transfer portal? Uh, he may go into the transfer portal and, and see if he can get a job at nine. <laughs> you know. See if LA picks him up. Pat Collins, what do you make of wow. that? Wow. Street, street, the last Collins, of the street reporters. 
70. I mean, he's a caricature, but it's such a lovely caricature. Yes. We love him so much. Yes. He's elfin-like. The, the delivery, you know, the yeah, slow uh, walk into it, the camera. It's amazing. He's like, great. The scars. It's, a, it's performance. Is he 76? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say 77. 76 okay. years old. Yes. No reason to retire. You know, he said he wanted to spend more time with his family, his children, his grandchildren. You know, when I retire, if, and I'm not going to retire. Someone's just going to say, get out. But I'm going to say. <laughs> the locks will be when changed. When I say, what do you want to do? I'm going to say, well, I don't want to spend any more time with my family. I just want to go to a country club every single day. <laughs> Play as much golf as possible. That's all I want to do. If I could fix my leg, that's what I would do. So anyway, so people should do this uh, tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to a theater. Watch watch opera. Yes. So, do you know who Kelly O'Hara is? I don't. I have to, I have to look up the name. Okay. Okay, so anyway, um, a couple of things we need to get to. And let me just say this on my own, and feel free to say I'm wrong. The uh, Congressional Committee report, the Congressional mm-hmm. Committee has been disbanded because the person who ran the Comes- Congressional Committee lost, not even in the real election, in a primary election. Yep. Carolyn Maloney, right? Yep. I have that she name correct. She lost to Jerry Nadler in a She's primary. She's out, yep. and the Republicans have the House, and they've said, we're shutting this bad boy down. Yep. And you could say, oh, they shouldn't shut it down. Well, there are a lot of people, myself included, who are not certain that Congress should be wasting its time with a private business like a football team. Okay? I mean, that would be my position. So the report came out, and people are going crazy. There's nothing in this report that we didn't know for months they're going crazy in the Washington Post. And you go, you scratch your head because you go, the Washington Post reported all of this stuff for months. Now, oh, Snyder's got to go. Isn't, am I wrong? There's nothing new. No, there's nothing new. new. The, the only thing that I found it's interesting juicy, but not, not, not surprising is his hundred I cannot recall. Right. Which like is that, nonsense. You know, which you, of course, expected, but a hundred times yeah. to say... I don't remember or I can't recall is a little much. But that it's not. I mean, again, that's interesting. It's not fundamentally different than what we And now people knew. are writing like this is somehow revelatory. It's, stop it. In that paper. Not, we, not revelatory, but, you know, it's a reminder that the most interesting thing is the, the, the deliberate hiring of private investigators yeah. is straight out of a movie. But you look at this and it blurs... It blurs sort of sports, uh, the calendar of the sports team, along with real life, where you start to say, this is just sort of part of the engine of the NFL. It's part of, this is uh, part of their bye week, as you think about, will this team be able to make the push to the playoffs? And you go, that's the, that's the real sort of sadness here, is the idea of the playoffs and what that means is, is dwarfing this. What is Kevin's thing? Five, five we, keys? Five keys. Five keys to the congressional report oh good you know because because we can't say five keys to beating the giants this week <laughs> up next had a three keys the to the offensive line <laughs> yeah <laughs> yards <laughs> after the catch oh, gotta win into the trenches xander, Sam bogarts, Cosme. Go, xander bogarts all-star player yes xander bogarts shortstop goes to the padres who now have four shortstops <laughs> of consequence instead of the shift we're just going to load the center I, just don't I, what i said on television i said two things i said they're collecting <laughs> shortstops like ceramic eggs and maybe <laughs> maybe they've been told that in the future only shortstops can play the field so they're loading up now so they've got fernando tatis who suffered that terrible case of ringworm. Ringworm, yeah. So bad. How do you fix that? That caused him to be suspended for hello 80 games. <laughs> the cream in the clear. They're moving him to the outfield. Manny Machado, who could be a Hall of Fame player. Yep. They Short moved stop. him Great to third. Shortstop. Ha Song Kim, 
who took over when the ringworm set in, is being moved to second. So Bogarts, who's not a great fielder. Not, yeah, he's not, not he's as not great, a great as you yeah, He's not particularly great. Can play shortstop. You know, um, so I thought, so they have a good second baseman, uh, the Chenoweth, uh, Jake. Uh, well, he's gone. I think yeah. it's Kristen. Yeah, Kristen, yeah. Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah. He's gone. Loved him in Wicked. Yeah, yeah he's gone. <laughs> like, I, I, that's, unless he can play short, and then they'll move him to left field because they've got all of these shortstops. And Wilbon goes on yesterday about how they're going for it. I love them. They're pointing at the team up north, the Dodgers. They're saying, we hate you. I don't know that they hate them or anything like that. And Wilbon conveniently leaves out the fact that the Phillies, they got Trey Turner, yeah. who's uh, an actual shortstop playing shortstop. Did you see the press conference? No. Doesn't wear the hat because he doesn't want to mess up his new haircut. Oh, is that right? Okay. So, <laughs> he I looked mean, great. if you want to see a team that's yeah. going for it and got to the World Series, that would be the Phillies. They took 12 wins out of the Mets staff, mm-hmm. right? In Taiwan Walker, and they signed a great shortstop. Yeah. And I don't know. And, the, and Bryce is coming off an yeah. incredible. And he'll year. probably be able to play this year. And, in and the his field. arm, right? He'll play the field. Oh, yeah, he's, my he's got, arm. T- he's got oh, my Tommy arm. John surgery. Is he going to. When he missed a few months at the beginning of the season? I don't know. I mean, he, he, can, is, hit. he yeah. can hit, but he can't throw, can't so they got to fix that. Yeah. No, well, I, then you also, with, the, with the addition of the extra playoff team, you set a bar that now the rest of baseball can rally around, which is go for it now because you can be a third-place team in your division and make it to the World Series. I'll just go to something else, um, another sport. The Los Angeles Rams. Oh, my God. They stink. Okay, they stink. <laughs> we'll talk to Jason about this. They won last night late, so they're 4-9. and nine. It's the worst record ever after winning a Super Bowl. Do you think anybody's unhappy about that? They won the Super Bowl. Yeah. They brought in Matthew Stafford, and they brought in people, and they got rid of draft picks, and they're crippled for the next X amount of years. But they won the what? It's like when the Nats what? won the World Series. Yeah. It's like we've now endured three years of last place, terrible, but... I can still go to that time when my boys and I were able to walk around Washington at the parade. Like, you know, I mean. So I've been seeing this on Instagram because you see all the all the comments where people are like, ah, and to think, you know, in division, you now have Turner, Scherzer, all, you know, and Harper. And you go, Schwarber. but we still completed the World Series. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Nobody else has won the World Series. And the World Series that you were well, fighting, you were fighting for the, the, you know, the good guys. The yes. Right. The Braves have won the World Series. But Phillies and the Mets haven't won the World Series. No. Uh, Brittany Griner. So, um. I don't know what there is to say. You know, when I take the dog out for a walk, there's a house that has on it has a sign on its front lawn that says, bring home the detainees. And there's a specific uh, logo sort of bumper sticker for this. It makes me sad every time I see it because it's a worthwhile thing to say. We have no idea how many people are stuck in prisons all around the world for whatever crimes they may or may not have committed. I'm really happy Brittany Griner is back. I don't think, you know, I don't know the laws of other countries, but by our standards, nine years in a penal colony seems an awful lot for what she was convicted of. And from day one, people talked about her being a political prisoner. From day one. So I figured she'd eventually get back. Um, Victor Boot, might be the worst guy on earth. I don't have any The Merchant idea. of Death. Now, yes. That's a nickname. Yeah, the Merchant of Death. Brutal. Yeah. But I was sad that is his Paul, what's Paul's name? Paul Wheeland. Yeah. Wheeland. Yeah. Sad about that, that he wasn't, you know, we couldn't make the two for one. 
We couldn't do that. We couldn't hold out that Victor Boot might be worth two or three people. But I'm happy she's back. Um, I believe that the people who supported her, particularly in the WNBA, the NBA as well, but particularly the WNBA, were resolute and unwavering and loud day after day after day after day. Yes. There's a lot of people that the President of the United States has not gotten involved with to bring back necessarily. And he got involved with this pretty quickly and put the arm of the State Department out there pretty quickly, right? And remember, he was criticized in the beginning for not paying enough attention to it. They sort of, they drew his attention to the matter in a way using their sort of... To be applauded. Absolutely. To be applauded. If, If you have the ability to influence other people... Use it. And the WNBA used it all the time and got Brittany Griner back to the point where we can now talk about whether or not this will affect her basketball career. You wouldn't talk about that before when she was incarcerated, but now that she's free, you can actually entertain that question because she's free to play basketball again. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that there's... When, when you're on the PTI show and it's a an opinion show, and it's a back-and-forth show. I don't know what the back-and-forth right. is. We're both happy. We're both happy. Everybody should be happy she's back. The I will just note that the right, represented by Donald Trump Jr. and his ilk, were very unhappy with it because they? they viewed Victor Boot as, oh, as too, as too, too valuable for what they described as an American-hating WNBA player. Now I don't know where they arrived at that, but it does show you that no matter it, there, there are no more feel good stories. Yeah. You know, like that that was a a strain on the right. wasn't everybody, but it was a, a strain I didn't on know the that. right. I mean, I was I'm happy she's back. Yeah, you know, happy she's back. The last eight to ten months of her life have been awful. I mean, <laughs> just been awful. So glad that she's. Back. And to think to your experience in the dog walk, you wonder about those stickers. And the attention that this is going to bring to what has been a pretty, you know, under the table issue. Yeah, political prisoners and detainees and that are just sort of snatched on the street, right? I mean, isn't that how it happens? Not every place is the United States of America. Yeah. Well, some are shot down in a U-2 spy plane. Right. Francis Gary Powers. That's a really good movie. The Bridge of Spies, right? Yeah. With Tom Hanks. Really good movie. Yeah, that was terrific. And he got the two for one. He got that deal. Yeah. Should have called him up. Well, Tom Hanks should be president. I mean, really, who, who would who would not vote for Tom Hanks? You know, I'm the captain now. Yeah, uh, Tom Hanks. We'll take a break. Uh, Jason Lockenfora, and we'll ask him about Baker Mayfield and whether what this means for Baker Mayfield's career. Yeah, I mean, he got there an hour before the game. Did you? Right, he got claimed you, you didn't an hour the before the game. Was. Did you see him? Did you see him, Did you see him headbutt the guy? He had no, no. helmet on. He had no helmet on. He, he headbutts the guy with the helmet. That's yeah. his move. Yeah. How does he so know the plays? Just go deep. I'll chuck it. How to you. does he know the plays? Wow. Run, run down to that car I mean, yeah, and take a left. That this is why well, we should ask Jason about this. But there is this notion about how sophisticated mm-hmm. the NFL offense is. And this guy walked in off the street. He had one practice, right? They signed him Tuesday. He practiced Wednesday. He started Thursday. That's great. I mean, Wilbon hates him. Wilbon's going to have to concede that this was terrific. Does he even know the names of the players? You, what's your 82? Uh, How do you know? Go deep. All right. uh, Jason Lockenfora, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser.
At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a band called the Autumn Hollow Band. Rick Francosa in Cincinnati, Ohio writes, The attached music is from my nephew Brendan Murphy and the Autumn Hollow Band. They hail from the greater Boston area. As I used to play guitar and sing Brendan to sleep when he was a toddler, I take full credit for his musical talent. This is a song called Rooting for the Laundry. I like the title of that, Rooting for the Laundry. Yeah. Is it talking an NFL? Yeah, you, you, you shoot, yeah, you root for the team, not the players. Yeah. In specific, I guess. You just sort call it like to the that. team. Yeah. And it plays in Jason Lock and Fora. And Jason, I'm just going to go on for a little while in Vampire. We had Steve Young on the show the other day, yesterday, and we talked about Baker Mayfield ending up with the Rams and asked him about if you now are playing for Sean McVay, what that means. And Steve Young, who is a Hall of Fame quarterback, said, when you finally get a chance to play for somebody who really knows what he's doing, like Sean McVay, if you don't reach the zenith of your talents, it's your fault. It's not his fault. And that is the backdrop with which I ask you, what did we learn about Baker Mayfield and maybe Sean McVay last night? And how can you be there for one practice and know the plays if this is the most sophisticated offense? How yeah. does this happen? Well, I don't know if we learn more about them or we learn more about the other sideline. Where, okay. you know, that's a team that has everything to play for. That's a team that the first drives comes out and scores. But that's a yep. team that's also, you know, Hunting on fourth and one and a half from plus territory. That's a team that's showing zero aggression. That's a team. Um, I, I know they're missing a few players, but it's a defense that the last four weeks is fourth worst in the NFL in yards per passing attempt. And I know the quarterback made a horrible play at the end of the first half, but it doesn't mean that, you know, in this modern era that you think you can just squat on a football for 30, you know, for 30 minutes and. I don't know if somebody whispered in McDaniel's ear, hey, once you get to 16, bud, we're good. But I just thought it was, like, in real time, I'm watching this saying, like, they seriously think they have this game won. And, hey, it's a short week. The running back's beat up. Do you really – are you going to run them 40 times? Like, what – Who who's in charge? What is this? And then defensively, they're playing – I mean, they're in a prevent situation. They're playing press man. I'm like, you, you can't – like – and there was help from the officials. I mean, I, I mean, Max Crosby, I don't know when he wasn't being held. But, you know, if they're going to be selective about calling that, then you better tighten things up on the back end, and you better show at least some degree of aggression or want or, 
or, you know, killer instinct offensively, and, and you could just see it coming. I mean, they had so many opportunities, the Raiders did, to distance themselves. And honestly, the, the penalty on the punter, like, I kind of felt like the Rams were like, all right, we're just going to lick our wounds. You know, Baker looks pretty interesting. Let's just get out of here and, and have a long week with this quarterback before the next game to figure some stuff out. And the Raiders are just intent on doing the kind of things that they've done all season long. <laughs> I mean, that was their season. Yeah. That was they everything. They won three in a row. Yeah. And they completely melted down on both sides of the ball from the top down. It's kind of shameful. Oh, and I appreciate all of that, but I'll go back to the question about Baker Mayfield and Sean McVay and what your thoughts were at watching. You know, we're, we're always told how sophisticated these offenses sure. are. And he's there, He like he got off a turnip truck, right? And then all of a sudden he's playing and they win. Well, he certainly looked like he had more belief, that they had more belief in him, and he had more belief in himself and the, the whatever cast was around him than the Raiders did in their assembled football team. Right. I, I mean, he was pushing the ball downfield more than Carr. Now, you could say it's out of desperation, but, you know, they still made it work. Um I mean, I, I don't know. It's such a small sample size. You yeah. know, it's like, I, 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 it's certainly an anomaly. It's certainly crazy. Everything we've been taught about how difficult it is to do what a head coach does and what a coordinator does and what a quarterback does on game day. And I, and I do have tremendous respect for it. Um, and then something like this happens, and you're like, well, do they really need to be spending 18 hours a day in the facility figuring out this or that? Um I, and look, I, I'm not like all of a sudden convinced that Baker Mayfield's career arc is going in a different direction. Like right. I, I, I right. still think he's he's a very capable backup um, who's going to have a very limited market unless this thing totally takes off. And I don't know, man. You know, they still have offensive line issues. You, you know, like they're they're leaning on Cam Akers now. And a lot of their injured guys are, are injured for good. They're not coming back. And they obviously have a substantial commitment to Matt Stafford. But but could he learn some things and take some things from McVay? You know, could could this be the perfect spot for his career to resettle and rebound at least to some degree? Sure. It's interesting to me. I mean, I, I sort of like Baker Mayfield. I know Wilbon hates him, but I sort of like him and I like that style of quarterback you know running around it's not dissimilar to Taylor Heineke yeah it's a sort of same thing it doesn't mean you're really really good but it doesn't mean you're really really bad either Mayfield strikes me and I don't know that this happened in Cleveland or will happen anywhere else but he strikes me with that style because I see this with Heineke as someone that the rest of the team would like now, they're not going to like him more than Matthew Stafford, who got him to the Super Bowl, but Stafford, they're going to be cautious with Stafford, right? I mean, it's possible Mayfield will get a, another two or three games, right? Oh, no, Mayfield, I, Matt Stafford's done for this okay. year. Okay, so all right. He's got to get a run. I mean, clearly yeah. Walford, they don't trust him, and, and no. that injury was, was obviously fairly significant to the point where they yanked him as quickly as they did um, in-game. So, no, he's going to get a little, like, this could be the perfect thing for him, but again, like, even in this soft quarterback market, does that mean that anybody early in free agency, you know what I mean, who's their plan A is Baker Mayfield as our starter? Right. No, I don't think that's right. going to be the case. I, I, agree. I think that ship has probably sailed. Um, you know, but look, could, could there be at some point, I don't think it's right away next year, 
at some point, could he have a Ryan Tannehill moment and he does get somewhere where the other quarterback just can't play? Yeah. And he takes full hold of it? Um, maybe, but you could also say that should have been Carolina. You know, and the bottom line is, at the end of the day, he's they're stunk. like, let's they we, we're better off with Walker, and that's a coach who's trying to keep his job there. Right. We're better off with Walker and Darnold, and let's see if somebody takes his salary off our hands. And they and yeah. and, uh, and Tony, here's the only thing: only one team claimed him. That's right. <laughs> you know, with limited money left on that thing, and so many teams still in the playoff hunt, it's not like five teams claimed him, and the Rams had the first order. You know, they were first in line. It's, Nobody uh, else claimed it. What is interesting to me, and I, I mean, I, I won't go on and on about Baker Mayfield. We did a birthday the other day about Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett was the number one overall draft yeah. pick, as was Baker Mayfield. Total failure for the first eight years of his career. Released, by uh, traded, and then released by the 49ers. Signs as a backup in Oakland. Yeah. Backs up for two years. And in the next six years... Wins two Super Bowls. I'm not saying he's great, right? But but the conditions were perfect for him. Now he's physically bigger and has a bigger arm than Mayfield and all of that. Yeah. But you know, it was it's interesting to me that maybe at the back end of someone's career something works. Well, Geno Smith, he stunk, sure. and now he's really good. Yeah. Ten uh, years in, yeah. right? He stunk like nobody wanted him. Um, on the on the topic of complexities and quarterback whispering with Sean McVay. And sure. I, you'd understand why Steve Young would say that because he worked for his grandfather, who was the yeah. GM of the 49ers. Well, let's look at Kyle Shanahan and Steve Young worked for his father, um, who was the offensive coordinator at one point. Uh, let's look at, at Kyle Shanahan. Do we, do we take the position that if anybody can make this work, it's going to be him? Well, I think we need to be a little careful about, you know, the mythology going on here. Okay. You know, like, he also thought Nick Mullins, like, you know, four or five years ago, he'd have told you, I got a rock star here, Nick Mullins, and I'm going to eventually flip him for a whole bunch because I'm going to turn him into a starter, you know? And C.J. Beathard, and you could put a pretty long list together of guys who he kind of thought, you know, I could, I could turn him into something, and, and it, it, it hasn't worked. The only guy as a head coach who he's won football games with is Jimmy Garoppolo, who That's unfortunately right. gets hurt a lot. All the time. Um, so I, I don't know, man. Uh, like, don't be smart about it. Don't be sensible about it. Uh, but it's it's a different show, a totally different week for Brock Purdy, who last week was a completely unknown person running their scout team, um, you know, who nobody thought was going to see the football field, to now being in charge, uh, you know, seven days a week of – what people think is a Super Bowl roster and a team in you know sort of in Super Bowl or bust mode, it's you know what I mean. It's the the rush of adrenaline being tapped on the head and say go out there, right in the moment is very different than a whole week of prep with all the starting reps. And there's obviously there's a lot of good that comes from that. He, you know, he came in cold last week, but I think it's it's a different level of attention now, right. different level of responsibilities, and and you know the whole league now is looking to pick you apart go back to your college film and they're spending you know all their time figuring out how can we how can we undermine this kid so um i just think that's going to be an ugly football game tone i i you know 37 37 and a half isn't nearly enough to keep me off that under i don't know that either team gets above 17 points in that football game with how broken the bucks are and yeah. with how careful i think san francisco is going to have to be with this kid until he really gets his legs under him um 
really impressive what he did last week too, you know, and yeah. there's sort of, I guess, yeah. the Baker Mayfield undertones to that, but, um, you know, the challenge is going to get greater each week and the expectations get greater and it, you know, I, I, just because Kyle drafted him, you know, late doesn't mean he can play in the league because there's a lot of guys who he's, you know, fallen in love with, at least to some degree, who, who turned out not even to be number two quarterbacks. You know what I mean? They're number threes. Yeah. All right, let me move on. What is happening with Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, he's not ready to play football. He's done a tremendous job um, of becoming one of the sort of major subplots to this season. Uh, and and he's been through a lot, and I applaud him for his recovery. And I understand why teams are interested, but... Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much immediacy you get from him, you know, even when he's able to play football, which clearly is not a week or two away. There, there's more going on than that. Uh, I think you have to look at him as someone who uh, you're hoping he's a cherry on top in the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to do a whole lot for your playoff drive, but can he make a play or two in the postseason that help you win a football game? I mean, that's that's really what it what it comes down to from a team side. And from his side, you know, is there someone who's willing to give him a, a, a significantly better contract than somewhere else? Is there somewhere that he feels, you know, might fit him this year and beyond? Uh, you know, those are sort of the variables. But I, I don't know, man. I, I I think, again, if you're thinking you're signing him and immediately there's this shot in the arm, no, man, he's 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 clearly still recovering, and once he gets back out there, you know, you don't really know how sound and structurally sound everything is, and you don't know how much he trusts everything until people are trying to hit him again. So um, there's certainly some risk there. I'll be fascinated to see what the numbers are, how much money is guaranteed for this year, how much is tied to per-game, um, you know, playing time bonuses, uh, how much is tied to the team's success in the postseason in terms of incentives. I suspect there'll be a multitude of layers um, for his sort of incentives and bonuses. Yeah, but he sure gets good seats at basketball games as he, well, as he makes this I think tour. he's enjoying this process, and good yes, for him. I yes, mean, you know, again, he's, he's recruited. had a yes. lot of bad injury luck. The way that thing went down last season was terrible. Um, and it's definitely good to be wanted. And I'm not yeah. saying this isn't a guy who doesn't have meaningful football still ahead of him, I just think the time frame of that right. might be a little uh, more protracted than, than some might think. Okay. Plug your radio show for us. Uh, you can listen to me yammer and ramble from 2 to 6 Eastern time every weekday on 105.7 The Fan. In Baltimore, you can listen anywhere on the Odyssey app or stream us at www.1057The Fan. And uh, you can read me a couple times Washington a week Post. in season in the Washington Post. Um, and yeah, and listen to me yammer about sports wagering on Sportsline, CBS Sports HQ. It's a lot of things. The more you can do, Tone. Yeah, no, you gotta <laughs> absolutely. Uh, gotta you gotta, you, you, you have to do that, and you have to, you know, dance on the head of a pin. That's what people do. Thank you, Jason. Talk Thanks, to you brother. next week. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you, Jason Lockenfora, who's just—he's the best. If you listen to that first answer when he eviscerated the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. You know, I, most guys who write for a living can't do that. He knows this. He knows this game. He's really good. We'll take a break. James Carville is apparently going to be with us. Yes. And not just send in things 
written on the back of a sandwich. Uh, he'll be with us, and Jeff Ma will be with us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is the Autumn Hollow Band. This is called Love Letters and Ransom Notes. Their music is available on Spotify. Um, That 2013 album, Love Letters and Ransom Notes, is available on iTunes. This is called The Dolphin. Michael, if people like the Autumn Hollow Band want to send us their original music and get it played here, because we're happy to, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonykornizershow.com. James Carville, who every week now uh, uses a laundry pen and fills something out on a wax paper bag and sends it to us, is now with us live. In the last two weeks, Carville's had a triple play, which came in, and a five play, Lock of the Century, which was Kansas State, I believe, something like that. And that came in. Carville's record last week was six and three. He's 40, 26, and two. If he's betting his own money on his own picks, he can buy a huge house in New Orleans. Huge house. You're doing very, very well. <laughs> what do you got for us? All right, let's go. Let's get started here. Army, I was born at Fort Benning. Navy, I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, Navy is minus two and a half. Anchors away. Navy, minus two and a half. Taking Navy. Right. Browns travel to Joe Burrow. Yeah. Joe Burrow is minus six. Take Joe Burrow. You, you shied away from him a couple of weeks ago. I remember that specifically. He's going to be MVP for this is over. Oh, yeah, he's really good. Minus six. Is that six on that game? You're going to take Burrow, Cincinnati? Go ahead. I'm going to take Burrow. Go ahead. You didn't take All Tulane right. last week. What happened? You didn't take Tulane. You know, I I should have. I should have, would have, could have. I tell you right now, I'm going to take LSU in the Citrus Bowl. Okay. I, don't, I, I don't pick them very much. Right. They, they, they're going to they're gonna blow them out. Okay. But anyway, that, that's down the road. That's down the road. Right. Uh, and you can't spell citrus without UT, as Spurrier used to say all the time. <laughs> Take a shot at Tennessee. What else? Actually, by the way, the Cincinnati uh, line is five and a half now. Oh, you know, you saved a half point. Yeah. Five and a half. Okay, yeah. I'll take it. Okay. Five and a half, I'll take it. Uh, Jags-Titans. Yeah. Uh, Titans uh, minus four. Okay, who you got? Titans. You're going to take the Titans. They've been cold lately. They're on a cooler. They've lost two in a row. They haven't been good. You're taking them. Yeah, they did, but they, they, the last game, they were, they were not close. Eagles, Jinx. Oh, we got, we've got Tennessee at minus three and a half. Would you rather have that? Sure, you would. I'd rather have that. Okay. Sure, you would. We'd rather have it at minus one. If you could get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eagles, what Giants. What do you got the Eagles, Giants at? That's uh, still at seven. At seven? All right, I'm going to Jinx. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh I, boy. I, oh, a, boy. Okay. That's a trap. Okay. Uh, Bucks 49ers. I've got three and a half. Yeah. Tampa, Tampa getting three and a half. Take the three and a half. Even after last week, even after three quarters of seeing an inept, an, an absolutely inept uh, team. Uh, uh, horrible New Orleans team. Okay. Yes. I, I, can't, I can't emphasize 
three and a half is a lot of points in the NFL. All right. And by the way, I was very happy to see you and, and Mike yesterday discussing how good the freaking Pelicans are because I'm going to both games this weekend. Yeah, they're, they're, if, if you can keep the big fella out there, <laughs> he's averaging 24 and shooting 60%. But, James, every <laughs> single year you've had him. Every single year he's in a boot. You know, he's not there yeah, at some point. It, if so. The other guy you got to watch is Jose Alvarez. He's the favorite of everybody down here. Okay. They can just watch him when they play. All right. Uh, so uh, we got that. Uh, the Do- Dolphins Chargers. I uh, got Chargers getting three at my. Okay. At home. I like the Chargers. The Dolphins stayed on the West Coast. I think played another West Coast game last year. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. And that, that I know they, they they didn't come back to Miami, but living in a hotel room is not living in your house. You like and the Chargers, even though they've been a really disappointing team this they're year. They're really disappointing team. Right, I, t- I, 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 I agree. They're the uh, Los Angeles Angels of the NFL. Yes. You always I think agree. they're going to be good. Yeah. They never are. No good. Okay, what else? One more? Uh, Ravens, Steelers. Uh, let's see, Ravens, Steelers. Uh, Ravens getting to at Pittsburgh. Getting to our side. Us getting to. Yeah. All right. Once upon a midnight dreary, while upon it, we could worry over me. It's quite God and Lord. Suddenly I came a tapping, tapping at my chamber door. You're going to take Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> yeah, that's what right. you're going to do. And our blue plate three-time play. A three-time play. Right now, it's the Vikings Lions, what do you see? Uh, Detroit now giving two. That's down from two and a half. Giving two. This is the trap game of all trap games. Take the Lions. Take the Lions. Take the Lions, even though they're begging you to take the Vikings in this. Absolutely. They're 10 and 2, and they're they're a road dog. Really. The man, ACL-sports.com, gave me this team. Okay. Three times played. Three-time play. All right. We wish you all the luck in the world. You've been killing it lately. Mm-hmm. 40 and 26. Killing it. Thank you, James. All right, man. James Carville, boys and girls. <laughs> One of the few appearances where he didn't curse. <laughs> but he's going crazy. That's eight, one, two, That's three, a lot four, of five, six, seven, eight. That's eight games. It's a confident Carville. God. And a three-time play. A three-time play. That's I mean, a total of 11 plays. I mean, that's big. I would. His, I, I I'm know. waiting for his. I'm waiting for his lock of the take, week. Would you take the Giants plus seven? He take the Giants because he thinks it's a trap game. Okay, he thinks everything's a trap. Yes, game. Yes, he does. He thinks he wants the Chargers. Vikings. He wants Baltimore plus two at Pittsburgh. Baltimore has no quarterback. They have some guy Hundley. Yeah, you don't even know who he is. Tyler Hundley. You know, Vikings Lions. I don't know. Chuck Todd took the Lions too. He Carville, what well. did you say, Carvel? 40-26? 40-26-2. You got to trust him. Got to ride that. Well, you, the monkey is 25-13. and 13. <laughs> Sort of. Is Jeff is, with is us? Is it the year of yeah, the Jeff Simeon? Is, Jeff is it, just, it must make Jeff so angry. Jeff does bet the process. Jeff is professional in every level. Jeff is losing to a monkey <laughs> and to a maniac from Louisiana <laughs> with a five-play and a three-play all the time. It's, it's completely nuts, right? I mean, how do you feel about that? You lost the college games last week. You strayed from yeah, the pros. Stop betting the college. Yes, I That's think what it... people are telling me on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> is that right? 
Is that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. There's okay. a whole world out there, Tony, that you could experience if you really just got on Twitter. It'd be, it'd be amazing for you. He's made for Twitter, Jeff. I've I, told him that any number lose, of times. I would lose my job in less than one <laughs> minute. a day. Less than one minute. How dare responding you? responding to these people. I just, it would be deadly for me. What do you got for us? Uh, we're going to start with, we're going to do six NFL games this game this week. We're going to do the Bills minus, what do you guys have, nine and a half or ten? Uh, Bills, hold on. Uh, ten. Bills giving ten. All right, we're going to take Bills minus the ten over the Jets. Um, Jets team obviously has played much better. Um, this is a big, you know, revenge spot for the Bills. Uh, Mike White played really well, but twice, still, twice. You know, yeah. you kind of are what you are, and he's, I, I would say there's a reason he wasn't a, a high draft pick and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, just, I think the Bills will win this game going away. The Bills have won three straight games on the road. They played on the road three times because they got snowed out oh, a couple right. of weeks ago. Yeah, in Detroit. Um, I think getting back home. Uh, and they haven't pounded anybody. I sort of think if they're going to have a big game, I agree with you, Jeff. If they're going to have a big game, this would be it, I would think. Yeah, I would. What else? I'm going to take the Ravens plus the two over Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, missing Lamar is, is a big deal. Um, Pittsburgh has played well. They beat me last week. And yeah. they're sort of a team that everyone is now, you know, maybe they're not as bad as we thought they were, but. Um, I, I don't think the downgrade to Huntley is quite as big as people think it is. And um, Ravens plus the two here, you give Huntley a full week to prepare. It's a much it's much different than forcing one of these backups right in without a week to prepare. So I, I okay. like the Ravens as an underdog here. Okay. What else? I'm going to take the Jaguars plus the four over the Titans. Um, again, Jaguars a team people thought was better. They, they put a stinker up last week. Um here against the Titans, um, who are a team that you know have definitely over, uh, you know, they, they've been better than people thought they were throughout the year. Rabel is clearly a coach that can get the most out of his talent, uh, but you know I think getting four with the Ravens, who play very close games, typically this is a game that they can keep close. This is an interesting game to me in in this regard. Um, you, you often see coaches fired. You rarely see general managers fired in the middle of the week. And Tennessee fired its general manager in the middle of the week. I think that's unsettling to players. I think players look at each other and they go, well, what's going on here? Am I safe here? I don't know how that works, though, Jeff. You know what I mean? That when players are unsettled, does it make them better or does it make them worse? But you rarely see GMs fired like that, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly not in a situation where the team is having a pretty good season. So. Yeah. Yeah. Something's going on there for sure. Yeah, playoff team. Yeah, okay. What else? I'm going to take the biggest number on the board, the Texans plus the 17.5 against Dallas. Oof, too many points for an NFL game, you, you know, and this is one of the ones you're going to hate, right? Um. Well, I, the only reason I would – my pushback would be Dallas last week uh, just scored at will in the fourth quarter, didn't lay down on the ball at all and got to 50 points, and maybe they would – you know, maybe they would do that again in some sort of interstate rivalry. I don't know. But, I mean, Houston, Houston went back to its original quarterback. I don't know. I don't know. It's interstate a, rivalry? You're kind of stretching there. I, I know, I mean, but, you know, it just popped into my head. <laughs> I should say something like that. It was sort of dumb. Now, what else? I'm going to take Miami minus the three over the Chargers. Um, last week, uh, you know, obviously, my, San Francisco, super impressive. Um, 
like you've made the point that Miami had won every game that Tua yes, started and, and finished. finished. That was the first one that they had. And um, I, I just think that Miami is a much better team. And, and in the game against San Francisco, you know, you turn the ball over, you, you, you have one of those stinkers, and, and now you bounce back. I mean, again, like the we, we talk about something called the availability heuristic, which is that as human beings, we place way too much probability on something we've seen or recently saw and in the dallas case you can recently saw dallas blowing a team out in the miami case you see them losing so right. we're placing too much probability on that miami is still one of the elite teams in the league and they're the best team offensively in the league and i, I think they win this game um, by more than a field goal i agree with that i think the chargers are a team that is so i mean you watch them over the course of this full year they're not as good as we thought they were going to be. That's three teams in that division are not as good as we thought they were going to be. But in the case of the Chargers, I think Justin Herbert got hurt in the first or second game. And I don't I know he threw a couple of lovely passes in the last game, but I don't think he's as confident in his physical abilities as he was last year. Yeah, I just again like I, for whatever reason, if he's not 100% healthy, and, and he's kind of had his weapons go in and out all year. Yeah. Um, and Staley's kind of like, it's funny because Staley was the guy last year that all the analytics guys loved because of his aggressiveness on fourth down. And he's he's lost a lot of that. And I know I know he's a guy that you you and Wilbon don't think is, is worth having a job. Well, Wilbon all, hates but, him. Will, Will, yeah. I, I mean, I sort of find him interesting uh, because I think he has the full support of his players. But Wilbon hates him and deci- has decided that he should no longer coach even another minute. Wilbon hates him, to- totally hates him. Even though if, if the Bears coach did that and won, Wilbon would <laughs> well, love him. Then it's brilliant. would love him. Yes. All right, what else? And then I'm going to take the Niners minus three and a half over the Bucks. I mean, they may have Mr. Irrelevant quarterbacking them, but you know, I, it's interesting because there's someone, again, I, I'm holding – Futures on the 49ers to win the West, to win the uh, NFC, and win the Super Bowl. There's a certain unknown about Purdy that's kind of exciting. Just from yeah. I kind of know their ceiling with Garoppolo and their floor. It's a, it's a high floor and maybe a relatively low ceiling. But with Purdy, it's probably a low floor and, and maybe a higher ceiling. Hopefully, so um, I like them minus three and a half. I think their defense is going to shut down the Bucks. Um, and offensively, they're going to score enough to win this game pretty easily. I have to say this. Tampa Bay last week, the first three quarters, I mean, Tom Brady, you know, the, that's what happens when you have a great racehorse and they can smell the finish line and they get there. But they were terrible, Tampa Bay, for three quarters against a dreadful team. And the world stinks. So I agree with you on this. I, I think the 49ers could beat them with anybody. They're, they're no good, right? They're no good. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're very good. I mean, Brady has saved them a couple times this year, yes. and, and it seems like he probably does it when they go into the prevent. And I just don't see guys like Bosa and, you know, Fred Warner allowing him to have that same amount of comfort. And, and I, I don't think the 49ers will actually put their, take their foot off the gas. I agree. I agree with that completely. All right, uh, who's on Bet the Process this week? Who have you talked to? Uh, let's see, who did we have on this week? Uh, we had Brett McMurphy, um, former ESPN uh, personality, college football insider. We talked to college football um, playoffs, and we talked a little bit about how the bowl games are sort of like affected by opt-outs and whether there's ever going to be a bowl game basically canceled because of opt-outs. Um, what, Tony, what did you think of that, that top four um, and whether they got that right or not? 
Um, look, if you ask me, is Alabama one of the top four teams in college football, I'm always going to tell you yes. I was surprised that TCU wasn't dropped, not out, because I thought that Max Duggan, I think I would vote for him for the Heisman for what he did in that last series in regulation. But I was surprised they didn't go to four. And it seemed clear to me, I don't know how you feel about this, the manipulation, the, the decision that people don't want to see Ohio State, Michigan, again this quickly after the last one so let's manipulate the top four and get what we want is that your feeling as well that is my feeling we actually asked brett that on the podcast and, and he said that was not true but oh. it doesn't i mean i think the, the team that really got screwed here was georgia for them to have to play ohio state which i think a lot of people believe is still the second best team in the country in the first round just doesn't make any sense and if if Ohio State and TCU played right now on a neutral field. Ohio State would be about a touchdown favorite. Agreed. Agreed. It would be about an 18 or 19 point favorite over TCU. So it just doesn't. That, that's probably the thing they got wrong. TCU does not deserve to be in the in the playoff. I mean, they, sorry, they deserve to be in the playoffs, but they're definitely not one of the top four teams in the country. I agree. I, did, I utterly agree with that. But uh, did you watch that game? Were you not? If you did, you had to be captivated with Duggan on the last drive. You had to be. I mean, on the last drive, I just said, why, why, why aren't they spying and why aren't they doing something? He had, what, 75 or something like that rushing yards? Yeah. That was all they did, they did on that drive. You know, yes, he was. It was, it was pretty – it was impressive. And, again, like, I think they deserve to be in the top four, but I just don't think they're one of the top four teams. And this is the problem. It's like similar to Cincinnati last year. They deserve to be there. But they're but not good. It makes these semifinals – not particularly interesting. Yes, I agree. Totally agree with that. That's why I think they should go to six with two buys. I don't think they should go to 12, and I don't even think they should go to eight. But six would be fun. All right, thanks, Jeff. All right, thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls. Again, you can listen to his podcast with Rufus. Um, bet the process. We will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. That's Denise Graves. You think you can sing? (laughs) She can sing. Denise Graves, Kyle Kettleson, and Sean Panikar, and Kelly O'Hara, and Renee Fleming are in the hours at the Metropolitan Opera. If you can, get there by tomorrow. At 1 Eastern time tomorrow, you can go to a movie theater wherever you are and you can watch that. You can watch people sing opera in front of you with voices like you don't have. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you and you'll be thrilled. All right, that'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say I don't want to lose you this good thing that I got because if I do, I will surely, surely lose a lot because your love is better than any love I know. It's like thunder, lightning. The way you love is frightening. I better knock, 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 knock on wood. That's Eddie Floyd. That's his one big hit, yeah. and that's a bigger hit than most people <laughs> have ever had. It's a great one, yes. Knock on wood. 
Thanks to our guests today, Jason Lockenfora. James Carville shows up. <laughs> Jeff Ma, Eight thanks picks. to our, our sponsors. <laughs> Vincero, ZipRecruiter, Simply Safe. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. From Stephen Good in Fayetteville, Arkansas. During the U.S. men's national team loss to the Netherlands on Saturday, there was a noticeable lack of poetry on the pitch. Maybe Louise Gluck needs to do the pregame pep talk in 2026. From Todd Hart, uh, formerly of Kohler, Wisconsin, now of Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Mm. You complain of not being able to remember anything, but somehow you remember that Mr. Kohler's wife's name is indeed Natalie. I'm sure the fact that you received a free toilet helped. I spoke to some of the big wigs at Kohler, and they love it when you mention Kohler having the best toilets in America. If you're ready for a replacement after 32 years, let me know. I bet we can make it happen. P.S. Now my wife is singing Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. It might be my turn to file for divorce. Toilet seats are welcome here. From Kenny Ray in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. You got a toilet seat from the White House State Dinner you attended? Too bad you weren't sitting across from the CEO at General Motors. Yeah, well, but I take what I can get. Yeah. From Larry Shoemaker, it's not quite a David Aldridge moment, but hearing about your Aunt Bernice triggered a mid-60s memory. I, too, had an Aunt Bernice. And while she never put me in a dunce cap, let's just say she was hard to like. Also, like you, we had an Uncle Benny. He was our pediatrician. And since it was the 60s, no one thought it strange that he would change smoke Muriel cigars in his office. I don't suppose you also had an Uncle Isidore or an Aunt Rose. No, but I know somebody who had an Uncle Isidore, actually. Patrick Sitter in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Jacqueline Smith, you thought you had a chance? Really? Two words, dunce cap. (laughs) Um, Okay, uh, this is... We don't even have... I don't know who this is from. Jeff Rankinlow. Jeff writes... Uh, Further to last week's discussion of Bonanza and Lauren Green, I thought you might like to know a few more things about him. During World War II, he was the CBC Radio's principal announcer on the national news, and the network promoted him as the voice of Canada. To the public, however, he was also the voice of doom because of his deep, resonant voice and the fact that so much of the news early in the war was not good. Green is often credited with committing the greatest blooper in Canadian radio history, although it's probably just an urban legend. Supposedly, instead of saying this is the Canadian broadcasting corporation he solemnly intoned this is the canadian broad corping castration i hope it's true wow he also topped the billboard charge in 1964 with the novelty song ringo yeah it was terrible uh pernell roberts later played the title character in the tv series trapper john md about the post-army career of mash the mash doctor played by wayne rogers on tv and in the film by um elliot gould the film mash is one of the greatest comedies of all time. It's, it's tremendous. Tr- have I have you not it? seen it. Oh, it is one great. of the greatest movies, comedy movies of all time. Yeah. Okay. Go get it. MASH. It's so good. Uh, from Chase Herman. My name is Chase Herman. I live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. That's pronounced Coeur d'Alene. I'm sorry. Coeur d'Alene. I thought it was Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. I've listened to your show for a while now. I grew up watching you on PTI. Yes, grew up. I'm only 27. I now listen to your podcast every week while I work. I work in construction, so I usually listen to you the day it comes out. The Friday episode, you were reading emails about the Bonanza theme song. And as one does, I immediately started singing the song. And by singing, I meant... But by the second verse, I found myself singing Victor Wembanyana, Victor Wembanyana, Victor Wembanyana. 
During the third verse of this, my superintendent walked into where I was working, and he goes, are you in here talking to yourself? To which I replied, no, even worse, I'm singing Victor Wembanyama to the Bonanza theme song. He looked at me, shook his head, and walked away and didn't speak another word to me until the end of the day and then said, who is even Victor Wembanyama? You know what? Never mind, because I don't want to know. He laughed and said, I'll send you a couple. I laughed and said, I'll send you a couple episodes of this podcast so you'll understand there's a lot going on here. And he replied, I'd rather you not. <laughs> Thanks for all the laughs you provided me and so many with happy holidays to you and the gang. From Tough Tom, fair. Tom Mule or Muley in Bowie, Maryland. I just want to remind you that starting in the middle of this week that the sunsets will be getting later each day. I don't want you to be surprised like you have been in the past. <laughs> Every six months around either the winter or the summer solstice, you mention on the show how you don't understand how the sunrises or sunsets could be getting earlier or later before the 21st. Usually a little then writes in to explain, so I figured I'd be proactive. <laughs> While the shortest day of the year is December 21st, the earliest sunset in the Northern Hemisphere around the Washington, D.C. latitude happens about two weeks before. Around December 7th, which was two days ago, the sunset will be 4.45 p.m. By December 10th, which is tomorrow, tomorrow yes. the sunset will be 4.46 and continue to increase. Sunrises are just the opposite. The latest sunrise will be about two weeks after December 21st, around January 5th. Starting this, I hope you are able to enjoy the extra sunlight in the afternoon each day. I was thinking about this this morning. How about that moon? The moon oh, was gorgeous. Was yeah. Two moon. days after full, yeah. and the moon is gorgeous. I was thinking about this this morning, that there's only another couple of weeks until the sunrise begins to change, and I'm wrong, because four weeks from now, the sunrise is worst. Yeah. Okay? From Jim O'Donnell uh, in Depot, D-E-P-O-E, Bay, Oregon, from the Depot Bay Liquor Store. You and Chuck Todd mentioned the ads in the back of sports magazines back in the day. It made me smile. My father-in-law was a sports tout back in the early 70s. He and his partner would place ads in the football or basketball magazines that people would purchase before the season. They would have an ad with an 800 number, which you referenced, yep. Chris, to dial. And if you called him, he would tell you why the Cowboys were going to beat the Giants for a fee, of course. However, there was also another ad in the same magazine that if you called the 800 number, my father-in-law's partner would tell you for a fee why the Giants were going to beat the Cowboys. <laughs> this went on for a few years. I even answered a few calls when I was trying to impress him because I was dating his daughter in the late 70s. I guess I did okay, but I always made sure not to answer that other line after I read the script. <laughs> there were many that double dipped, so we had to be careful which line we were on. From Rick Wallace in Fairhope, Alabama, this is my second or third attempt to help you with the pronunciation of Biloxi. Despite the spelling, there is no O sound in Biloxi. It's not ox. Try Biloxi. Biloxi if you want to get better. Yellow lab mix. 60 pounds of muscle. <laughs> From Mike Malusa. In Quakertown, Pennsylvania, salt instead of sugar. My grandmother-in-law added peppercorns instead of chocolate chips. Oh. It took hours to get that taste out <laughs> oh. of my mouth. Mm. Peppercorns. Peppercorns. From Josh Cromwell. Potlucks can be wonderful, but they should be accompanied with a word of caution. Because, Michael, you went to a potluck. Yes, I did. Every potluck consists of a variety of wonderful dishes plus hit. one or two items that will produce violent food poisoning. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Now, which dish will cause you to void your innards within a few hours of its consumption? Ah, that's where the luck comes in. Lock the doors. And we're going to do a Greg, a, a Joe Ippolito. Okay. I think I have Greg's permission to do a Joe Ippolito. All right. Okay, so the Garcia Hallmark movie, fun, movie stuff was fun, but I didn't know there would be consequences. That is, until this past week when karma came and knocked it. After dinner one evening, the person to whom I was, at least at the time, related by marriage, suggested we watch a movie. Innocent enough. 
But friends, that movie was a jolly holiday romp called Catering Christmas, Mm -mm. produced for something called the Great American Family Channel. It is not for great Americans, Tony, unless you're grading by girth. Turns out you and Greg might have been wrong. I may not have a future in writing after all, as I cannot possibly summon the words to adequately describe how gorge-risingly awful this movie is. As best as I can tell, the creators of Catering Christmas are not only entirely unfamiliar with the catering industry, they may have well never encountered food. At one point, a character is moved to earnestly remark, you really know your flavoring agents, by which I think they mean lemon. (laughs) It is perhaps perhaps the only creative work I've encountered that takes longer to view than it did to write. I can only assume that the script for this bilge was delivered handwritten, given how difficult it must be to type with such ham fists. You have children who love to cook. Tony, implore them not to watch this film. They deserve to enjoy their holiday season. I, however, will be over here figuring out a way for our Christmas lights to accidentally short out the television while I continue another time-honored holiday tradition, drinking four fingers of gin, my personal favorite flavoring agent, Joe Ippolito in Brooklyn. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Hey, Dad. Dad, honey. Tony. Dad. Tony. Dad. Tony. Dad. Listen up. <laughs> Pick yourself up, the problems are yours And don't let anyone do something for you When freedom's waiting outside your door I learned the hard way how some days are tougher than others Pick up my pills and pick up my kids And hope that one don't react to the other
Thought it out that you could see through the dark. 